1: To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We are excited to be back with you again today. My name is Laura Forehand. I teach second grade in Missouri, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Rhonda, which it's always good to see your face and hear your voice, Rhonda.
0: Well, welcome, everyone. Um, I'm Rhonda Arlt. I'm a second grade teacher in Kansas, um, Platinum Certified Instructor, and today we are so excited to have executive board member Heidi Martin with us on the podcast to talk with us about the scoreboard. Before we jump into the topic, we would love to hear about your personal Whole Brain Teaching story. What was the catalyst, Heidi, to you finding Whole Brain Teaching?
2: Um, Well, thank you, Laura and Rhonda, for having me. Um, I am Heidi Martin. I'm a Whole Brain Teaching Executive Board member, and um, we do not have time for my whole story, but let me just shorten (laughs) it up for you. I was in my second year teaching, and I had... um, That year, my school had been identified as a priority school, which essentially meant that we were failing, and we were were identified by the federal government as a failing school, and we had four years to turn that around and fix it, and one of the stipulations that was mandated was that we had to go to school for eight and a half hours each day with the kids, so this is my second year teaching. I had a new principal that year, and then on top of all that, I started the year with 36 first graders and 26 of them were boys. We could not even all fit in my classroom. I had kids, you know, sitting at counter spaces and chairs and um, it took about three months for them to get another classroom um, because myself and the other first grade teacher, we were both sitting at 36 kids. And um, when I say 26 boys, it's because um, you know, if you teach the little ones, you know, the dynamic is sometimes different between boys and girls and boys tend to have a little bit of a higher energy. And this particular group had uh, per- really high energy. Um, and some had some angry energy as well and so I had a lot of times where we were evacuating the classroom for our safety we had broken lights broken windows um chairs thrown I mean we had a lot going on and when you have 36 you know those beginning weeks are routines and procedures and rules and you can hardly get through any of that and it was only my second year teaching I did have a full-time special ed teacher in there and we had tried everything we tried everything that we could think of. And I always thought of myself as um, being strong in classroom management. Mm -hmm. Um, And I quickly found out, well, (laughs) I was no match (laughs) for this class. (laughs) So I was really, I went home and I was Googling every night, like, (laughs) what to do? What can I try next? And I found this book called Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids. And it was the black book, coach's first book that had um, the kid with the paper airplane on the cover. And uh, I thought, you know, is this $10? Okay, I'll try this. I started asking around, has anybody heard of this? Nobody had. And I read through it. And honestly, at first, I'm like, Oh, gosh, this sounds a little crazy. You know, they want me to say class. And then they say, Yes, and I'm doing this, these mirror, weird, mirror, word things. Um, But you know, honestly, at that point, I had nothing to lose. I had nothing else to try. Um, and so it was really like grasping at straws. And I just want to say that year by I started this in December with just class yes. Um, because I'm like, this is so new, we're not mm-hmm. taught to teach this way. After uh, winter break, I started implementing a couple more things like mirror words and teach okay, and then the scoreboard and super improver and things like that. And by March, my kids were sitting in the classroom. They were staying in there all day. I had no more write-ups, no more behavior problems. And the same kids who were throwing chairs and starting fights in the beginning of the year were teaching the class. I am not even kidding. It was like a miracle happened. And that is when I knew there is something to this whole brain teaching stuff. And I cannot go back to not using this. So every year I grew a little bit more and implemented a little bit more. um, And so thankful it's really transformed um, every class, you know, that I've had since that first class.
1: Right. Fabulous story. Yeah, it is a good story. And it reminds me a lot of my story because I remember waiting for this class to come in as first graders, knowing I was (laughs) – I was in for it if I didn't figure something out. So I remember Googling uh, classroom (laughs) management styles too. So that's so funny. And I also remember watching a lot of your videos, Heidi, when I was first learning about whole brain teaching and they were so valuable in me starting whole brain teaching in my classroom and and they still are. So thank you for like putting those out there for us to even use today. Um, But I wanna go ahead and jump into our topic today. So what is the scoreboard and how do we use that in our classrooms? So the
2: scoreboard is one of my favorite whole brain teaching tools besides mirror words and super improver. And so the scoreboard is your class motivator. So super improver is your individual motivator and scoreboard is your class motivator. So it's really just a game that you play All day long. So in whole brain teaching, really, we try to say everything's a game, right? Mm -hmm. As you have both been talking about in Mm -hmm. previous podcasts. Um, So this is another game. And so you play this all day long to reinforce expectations in your classroom. So coach always says, stop scolding, start scoreboarding. Um, And it really, truly does make a difference um, because the class plays together Mm -hmm. and they're working together to win this game. And so, you know, some of those kids who might, um, you know, think it's cute or funny to kind of get in trouble, they'll start reforming as they see, oh, wait, if I do this, we might lose the game today. Um, And so it's, it takes time, but it's one of those games that will transform your class.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So what is the best way for a teacher to set up scoreboard, like a scoreboard display in their classroom? And we're talking about if you're actually in your classroom right now.
2: Yeah. So the great thing is that um, coach redesigned the scoreboard so that it ties right in with the super improver. So you have a wolf side and you have a turtle side. And that goes along with the animals that are on our super improver team. Um, and so what you do is I I had a whiteboard in the front of my classroom and I used that washi tape, washi tape, however it's pronounced. <laughs> I,
0: <don't either. laughs>
2: I used that tape and I made a grid. So it's like a T-chart. So you do one line down the middle and then some lines went across so that you have four sections, four sections under the turtle and four sections under the wolf side. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how it works is when you see the class doing things that you want them to do, they're meeting or exceeding expectations, you give them a point on the wolf side. And when they get a point on the wolf side, it's like a mini party, a one second party. They clap their hands together, they do a mighty, oh yeah, and then I always made it super fast so that their hands come back around and they're folded again. So we're ready to go. And if your class is not meeting your expectations and you want to reinforce and say, oops, some friends, we, you know, some friends over here, were are blurting out, you can give them a point on the turtle side, which would be a mighty groan. And so their shoulders come up to their ears and they let out a really quick, <clears throat> And one thing I want to say about that is in the beginning, especially with the littles, that takes a lot of practice. It and sure we does. have <laughs> we have to practice mighty oh yes and mighty groans because you will get those kids. Oh yeah. Okay, look, we're not spending the <laughs> <well> time. <too much. laughs> it is a one second party. Um, and then the mighty groans too, especially the mighty groans. Yeah. You'll get the kids. Oh. <laughs>
0: I'm getting that here at the end of the year. Yeah, so we've had a practice. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And you know, those other times too, when it's about to be winter break, right before spring break, right before the end of the year. Those are also great times to practice. What does a mighty Oh, yeah, look like? And what does a mighty grown look like? And you're actually giving points. For, you know, if they're meeting or exceeding expectations on the mighty, oh, yes, and the mighty groans. So if they're doing, oh, yeah, oh, friends, that was too slow, mighty groan. Oh, that was really fast, mighty. Oh, yeah, you're actually giving points for... Uh, mighty Oh yes and Mighty Groans for how they react to the points on the scoreboard.
1: Definitely. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Rhonda, because that's exactly what happened to me at the end of the year. All of a sudden it was like these Mighty Groans that lasted for like 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys, yeah. let's practice that. <laughs> um, so you were talking about um, awarding those tally points. So what are some other expectations that um, you've, you've used that scoreboard for in your classroom?
2: So I use the scoreboard for absolutely everything. So anything that I expect the kids to do, I am using a scoreboard to reinforce those expectations, taking out their pencils quickly. You know, rule number one is follow directions quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So whenever I ask them to do something, I go and I grab my marker and I stand by the scoreboard and I am ready to give points. And, you know, sometimes I'll just grab that marker. And when the kids see me grab that marker, they're, they're, they, they, oh. you know, pick up the pace a little bit. And then um, sometimes I just won't even give a point. I'll just set the marker back down. It's all about that uncertain reward, right? right? right. but mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything that you expect them to do lining up, um, you know, raising their hand for permission to speak, raising their hand for permission to get out of their seat, making smart choices, all of the rules that are, you know, with the whole brain teaching rules, use the scoreboard to reinforce, I would Really, you know, at the end of the day, if I had a rough day and I'm like, whoa, we, what happened today? I could look at my scoreboard and I know Ron and Laura are shaking their heads right now. In <laughs> yes. room, and you could look at your scoreboard and say, oh, we hardly had any points. This yeah. is the problem. And, you know, those days where I'm like, what? The day's over. I'm ready to still go. That's when my scoreboard was full. And I'm like, we had an amazing fantabulous day today and it's it really does affect you know and that's a lot of times on me too as the teacher um to use that scoreboard and remember to use that scoreboard so it's really a process of retraining yourself um but one thing i did want to add when you set up your scoreboard um you are putting it into those sections into four sections so you want a period one a period two a period three and a period four So break up your day, however, that works for you. Um, I was only able to get three periods into my day Mm -hmm. because of how we had specialists at the end of the day after Mm -hmm. lunch. And it was like, I could only get one period after lunch. Um, And so if your schedule doesn't allow for a four, at least get three. Mm -hmm. So Rhonda, Laura, were you able to get the four sections in?
0: No, I mean, I've had a terrible schedule and we had it for two years. So I could basically do uh, two periods. We kind of had a morning because all of our specials were in the morning and then an afternoon period. But I want to kind of jump in with a question here, um, a little bit off script that sometimes like when we have like our spelling tests and our reading quiz where there's not a lot of Me teaching and award scoreboard points, the scoreboard. I mean, I feel like a failure because I don't have that many points. Do you have any advice on those days when there's less um, teaching involved, how I can get that scoreboard more activated?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because that happens a lot, right? Your schedule is off a little bit, and you have those times where you're not you know, using the whole brain teaching cycle. um, And you're quiet, like you said, with the test or something like that. Um, So what I try to do in those times is find the times when I can give points. And then I do what's called the ping pong. So I will to reinforce it's really to reinforce those very fast, mighty. Oh, yes. And mighty crones. But I'll give a mighty. Oh, yeah. And uh, Oh, that was fast. Mighty. Oh, yeah. Mighty. Oh yeah. Mighty. Oh yeah. Mighty grown. Mighty grown. (laughs) Mighty grown. Mighty. mighty, Oh yeah. Mighty grown. Mighty. Oh yeah. Mighty grown. And the kids have fun with it. You get smiles on everybody's faces. They're going super fast. And then you're kind of getting more of those points in there. Um, Because really, at the end of the day, you are in control of the scoreboard. You manipulate the scoreboard. Um, And so one thing is, you know, coach says, win, let them win 50% of the time. So if you have four sections, they could win two. Um, so the ping pong actually also gives you a little bit more control over them winning or losing. It's fun. And it's reinforcing those very fast, mighty oh yes and mighty groans. So that's one thing that I do.
0: That makes sense. Appreciate it. I'm glad that you mentioned the ping ponging because I wanted to definitely talk about this on the podcast, the ping ponging. And I will have to say, it took me a while to kind of, I don't think I've mastered it, but I use it better than I did when I first started whole brain teaching. So right. I'm glad that you mentioned that. So you mentioned that we have these periods. Is there anything that we do after those periods?
2: Yes. So each period, um, you can put a picture of a dice. This is what I did. I, I cut out pictures of dice. I laminated them and then I put, I taped them next to each period. So next to period one, there's a picture of a dice with the number one. When period one is over, we would, um, the, the class gets a couple minutes and I would say, teach. They would say, okay. And they would teach their neighbor everything that they've learned so far today. One reason I love this is because I think that we don't do this enough, right? And our kids go home from school and our kids come home from school. What did you learn today? Nothing. And so this review is a great way to um, get kids to remember what did we learn about? And I think that's really hard for kids to do. Sometimes that's hard for Mm -hmm. me to do. Sometimes if I'm sitting in a PD all day, like, what did I learn? Uh." Exactly. (laughs) And just having that time to review. And now when the kids are teaching um, it, there's a sentence frame that can go with it. So capital, we learned blank. Er and they say that sentence over and over. We learned blank, er, and of course, you know, with the littles, I do have to literally say, "Don't say blank." <laughs> we don't say <laughs> blank. <laughs> We're filling that in. <laughs> um, and so, and, and you know, if you forget that, they're going to say, "We learned blank, er, we learned <laughs> blank." Er. <laughs> you learn real quick to <laughs> tell them fill that in. Um, and they're when they're teaching, you're giving silent points on the scoreboard. Still in period one for big gestures, um, great sentences, using capital letters and punctuation, um, things like that. So you're over there giving silent points. You're not interrupting and saying, mighty, oh yeah, mighty ground. You're giving silent points. And this is another time where you have a chance to kind of manipulate that scoreboard. Um, And so when, you know, when they're done teaching, give them about a minute or so and call them back with class. Yes. And then you roll a dice. Oh, no, you don't roll a dice. You wait. You count up the scoreboard first. <laughs> that dice roll is not free. What am I saying? <laughs> um, so you count up the scoreboard and if there are more wolf points than turtle points you get to roll the dice. And one thing I wanna say about counting up the points is I teaching first grade, we do teach tally marks. I never had to explicitly teach tally marks because they learned them from the scoreboard, which is absolutely absolutely amazing because we do this every day. Mm -hmm. And I have my kids count with me and I model for the first couple of weeks and then they do it on their own. They start counting up the points. So if there's more wolf points than turtle points, they get to roll the dice. And now that picture of the dice with the number one on it is next to period one. So that is their lucky number. So if we roll a one, they get a super improver star. Everybody gets a super improver star. And this ties back to super improver because if they got more wolf points than turtle points, that means they've improved in something. Mm -hmm. They've improved in meeting expectations, whatever those may have been for that period. And so that's how it ties back into the super improver. So the whole class gets a super improver star. If they get a two, three, four, or five, we say, we've got grit, we don't quit. And a six is always a re roll in whole brain teaching. And um, I found that my kids always want the six. They really want to roll that <laughs> dice. It really, dice rolls are really a game changer in your classroom. And then if there's more turtle points than wolf points, you simply say, we've got grit, we don't quit. And we're on to the next game. And I feel like breaking this into those four sections has really helped because when you're playing scoreboard all day long and there's only that one chance to win at the end of the day,
0: Mm -hmm. I noticed
2: that for my, you know, my beloved rascals, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's too hard for them to make it through the whole day. So I really liked this new scoreboard um, because the kids know, okay, we've got great. We don't quit. We're going to win the next round, Mm -hmm. you know, and they can even do some positive trash talk. Right. You know how they're going to win the next round.
0: Right. I had forgotten about silent marks or maybe I, that was something that I hadn't gone. So I'm glad you mentioned silent marks because I, I, sometimes I hate to interrupt them with a mighty oh, "yeah," you know, if they're working or doing something like that. So thank you for mentioning that.
1: Yeah. I wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned just a little bit ago when you were talking about the, the expectations and and having to maybe give a, A tally mark on the turtle side and and when you said some of my friends over here weren't meeting my expectation can you talk a little bit about um we don't want to call kids out right so when do you when do you or should you call a kid out as you're giving a tally mark when is that appropriate when it's not appropriate
2: Great question. Thanks for clarifying that because it is really important. And there are some rules that go along with the scoreboard. Um, And that is one of them. So you never, ever, ever want to give a a turtle point or a negative point uh, for one individual child. Um, So what I always do is, oh, you know what? Some friends were, I always say that, you know, I heard some friends speaking out over here, you know, um, mighty grown. (laughs) a lot of times they know who they are, but they, but then, you know, they'll fix it really quick because they learn that the class is working together Mm -hmm. to do this. And they don't want to be the reason that the class lost. They might, in the beginning, you might find that. Um, And what I will do, because I'm pretty sure if somebody listening to this podcast is going to say, what about those kids who want to do that? They want to get negative points Mm -hmm. for our kids. Mm -hmm. You know what? Do it once. Uh, some friends over here, mighty grown. And if they keep, I ignore that. And I go on and then I talk to them when I have time. And then that's going to become a super improver goal. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be really t- um, trying <laughs> on your patience and very testing mm-hmm. to ignore that. But you that's just what I do. Um, in especially in the beginning of the year, ignore that because they will come around it's just going to take them getting used to that you're you teach differently than my last teacher taught and these are games and this can be fun um and so it just kind of takes that them getting used to and learning to trust you I think in a lot of cases right um so you never want to call out one student for negative but you can call out students for positive especially your rascals like oh little johnny who can't ever sit in his seat what little Johnny's still in his seat. Oh my goodness. Everybody might eat. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so you can do that for an individual.
1: And to see those beloved rascals then beam because they have earned the whole class, a wolf tally mark. It's, it's huge. It really is huge in your classroom. So we're coming up upon the end of this school year. So how as teachers can we keep that scoreboard fresh from the beginning of the year to the end of the year?
2: So one thing I've noticed with breaking it into these sections is that it really does work all year. So next to period one, you're gonna have the picture of the dice with the one. In period two, you have two dice. So you have a one and a two. Now you have two chances to win in period three one two or three is your lucky number and in period four the only way you can lose is if you get a five so at the end of the day when you need the most you know energy and you probably have the least energy you can really amp that up with oh we can win this if we get more wolf points right now we're pretty much going to win um One thing I do want to clarify is when your kids are having that discussion with what did we learn? They're going to do that through each period. And one thing that I do differently. So I said that all kids get a super improver start. I do that in the beginning of the year. I give my whole class a super improver start if they get the number on the dice. Then it kind of evolves to um, the students who are the most improved. You have them stand up. Then you roll the dice. And then those outstanding st- uh, students get that bonus star. Um, so you can start that from the beginning of the year. I'm not sure how you, um, Laura and Rhonda, work it in your classroom. I just like to start with the whole class and yeah. then, mm-hmm. um, you know, so to get that buy-in. Buy-in,
1: course. yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, and then kind of say, okay, well, now it's going to be them. I try to make things, you know, easier in the beginning. And then, okay, now you got to work for it a little bit.
0: <laughs> right. Um, had, or wanted you to talk about is how to keep that scoreboard close. Um, You know, if there's too many turtle points, you don't want them to say there's no way that we're going to win. Could you um, tell our listeners a little bit about that?
2: Yes. So that is the other rule of the super or the scoreboard, Um, the plus three, minus three rule. So you never want to have more or less than three points difference on either side. And this always goes back to that sports reference. Right. If there is a blowout. Mm -hmm everybody's going home, uh, I don't care anymore. We know who won, nobody cares. But if that game is close, you're all gonna stay and you're all gonna fight that traffic just so you can see who won the game. And that's how it is in our classrooms. So if the kids are winning by a ton, they don't care anymore, they know they've won. If they're losing by a ton, they really don't care anymore because, oh, well, I lost. And now that you're ra- you're probably gonna start to see those behaviors come out. Um, you really want to keep that game close. And one way to do that is with the ping pong. So sometimes, you know, if we're having a really rough morning, I'll notice like, and maybe it's me being crabby or something that day. And I'm giving all these mighty groans. And I look at the scoreboard. I'm like, Ooh, geez, I need to fix this. Find somebody doing something and give them some positive points on there to bring that game close and try to keep it close all the way up until the end um, to really, you know, keep that buy-in throughout the whole day um so plus three minus three rule works for that also you want to um evolve your sentences mm-hmm. so in the beginning of the year since i teach first grade we always just say we learned about blink. <clears throat> um, and then i evolved to a double whammy and then a triple whammy and then you can even do a triple whammy paragraph and if you teach the older kids you can start with that so Period one is your basic single whammy sentence. Period two is your double whammy. Period three is a triple whammy, and period four, you're going all out with that paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way, like a variation. One last way that you can keep your scoreboard fresh all year long is, um, you know, because kids are going to ask you, "What do we get for winning?" Right. And they're going to ask that too for the Super Improver, right? And we always replied just like a video game. What do you get when you win in a video game? Mm-hmm. Nobody comes through that TV and gives you stickers and a treasure chest. Right. right. And that's one thing I love about whole brain teaching is you can get rid of all of that. It's not even necessary. Um, Cause you just don't need that. And, and it works like a video game. You get to go to the next level. Um, and you know, if they start asking how many levels are there, what's the next level? I guess we'll have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and find out. And um, so with the old scoreboard, there was infinite number of levels. With this new scoreboard, I don't think that you really need. I did not need to level up at all. Right. It worked the whole year with the dice rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I would offer a bonus dice roll. Um, but one way that you can level up is, is um, adding in different colors, So like a green mark would be count as double, um, a blue mark would be like triple points. Red marks would count as five points. So you pick up a blue marker and the kids know that counts as a triple point. They're going to, you know, be on it. And really all you kind of have to do is pick up that blue marker, but you could introduce those colors throughout the year. If you wanted to, you know, like right now, Rhonda, how you said, oh my gosh, it's the end of the year. Now, Rhonda might be a good time for you to pick up a blue marker and say, Hey, When we get a blue point, that's worth triple. If you get a blue point on the turtle side, it's still worth triple, you know? And so it can be a
1: a motivator. I'm glad you mentioned that because I I have a tendency to forget that part of the scoreboard is Mm -hmm. using that different color marker. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that.
0: We've used green a couple of times, Mm. but I haven't pulled in the red and the blue yet, but we have done green and they get excited just with the green, knowing that it's double. This year has been like no other with COVID and teachers have been teaching in person virtually. And I think some here recently have been doing a combination of both. Um, Next year, some teachers might still be teaching virtually. And um, Heidi, I know you've been teaching virtually all year and it sounds like maybe next year as well. So how do you set up the scoreboard to use it in the virtual classroom?
2: So virtually you can really do it the same way, especially if you're virtual all day long. Um, You can, Uh, there's a couple different things you can do. Like I'm on Zoom with you all right now. You can see there's a cork board behind me. I could literally put up my scoreboard right behind me where the kids could see. um, And I can be marking points all day long. Um, Or I like to also have, I have a mini whiteboard that I use and I took the same tape and I put it into those same sections um, and sectioned off our time together and um, was marking points for same things. It's just expectations look a little bit different virtually than they do in the classroom, but you still have them. So whatever your expectations are virtually, um, you can reinforce them with that scoreboard. And so I'm, I don't know if you have talked about like a virtual super improver yet, but a lot of people will use the virtual super improver, um, game and show their kids, you know, throughout the day where they're at. And so You know, the scoreboard can work the same way and you can give stars. The difference would be we learned, um, you know, because you're not going to be able to have them teach a person. You could have them turn and teach, you know, their imaginary neighbor. Whether you want everybody unmuted doing that um, or not is going to be your preference. But essentially, it really does work the same virtually.
0: That's good to know. Did I know Laura, and Laura, maybe you want to talk about it, What using a portable scoreboard. Did you ever do that, Heidi? I know Laura does. Mm-hmm.
2: I did not use a portable scoreboard. I know, oh, I know I am in the minority with that, because I know that everybody that I have <laughs> uses that portable, because then they're, you know, they have it on their lanyard or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're in the hallway, and they're marking points, or they're in the lunchroom, or they're outside, and they're marking those points. Um, I did not ever do that. I would say, you know, to the class, like, okay, if we can make it to the gym mm-hmm. <laughs> with no problems, I'll give you a mighty oh yeah when we get back. Um, but I just never had that portable. Laura, you did, how did that work for you? Cause I know a lot of teachers like that.
1: Yeah, I, I like it and I use it more probably at the beginning of the year when we're setting those hallway expectations and things towards the end of the year. Um, I didn't use it quite as much. However, it was always hanging by my smart board. So, and I would even have kids remind me, do we need to take that with us? You know, um, (laughs) which is nice when they, you know, they, and they love to earn those, um, those wolf tally marks anyway. So that was just another way for them. Um, I like having it. I use it more towards the beginning of the year. And it really does work well, especially like when you're when you're trying to get those expectations, outside your classroom, you're getting them to, you know, get those expectations down as well. So yeah, I do like the portable one but, um, and I think that you've talked about this a little bit, but we've talked about a lot of the whole brain teaching elements on this podcast. We've talked about super improver team and manners and classroom rules, and now the scoreboard. So thinking about those educators who are starting out using whole brain teaching, maybe they're going to start it as a new school year starts. um, How can you best, or what's the best way to integrate them all? How should you know, how should how should a new teacher start with all these different whole brain teaching elements?
2: Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, when I was talking about my story, I started very slow. And I always recommend that um, if you start to feel overwhelmed. I know there, there are plenty of teachers out there who have just jumped all in mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it all and have done it. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't do that. It's just I needed to feel comfortable with each piece before I was ready for the next piece. And so always, rec- you know, obviously starting with the basics and getting that cycle down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're going to want to really reinforce, like I use a scoreboard to reinforce class. Yes, mere words, teach. Okay. All of that. So the scoreboard, you're going to kind of want to bring it in as soon as you are comfortable with it. Um, we do have our new Starrys game that we started this year, which I think would be a great intro for teachers to use. So you play Starrys um, in the beginning of the year. And when you get to 100 Starrys, then you unlock Super Improver or Scoreboard or both if you want to do it. And unlocking things is always um effective (laughs) with kids. So um, another thing coach talks about recently is, um, you know, playing super improver at a certain time of the day, and playing scoreboard at a certain time of the day. Um, And that might be helpful for some teachers just starting out to say, okay, in the morning, we're going to play this game in the afternoon, we're going to play this game, because really, um, you know, integrating it all together. And I did and I know you both also, I believe, did well, all the games all day long, mm-hmm. but that's after you know being used to the whole brain teaching cycle, the right. scoreboard, the Super Improver. Once you're familiar with it and you've kind of trained yourself on it, it comes naturally. You can't teach without mm-hmm. it, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> really. Um, but I think that Starry's is a good way to kind of get into it. It's Starry's is kind of a mix between Super Improver mm-hmm. and scoreboard, um, and then you can unlock that next game. So it kind of eases you. Um, into those things and if you are more comfortable just play super improve in the morning and scoreboard in the afternoon or whatever works best for you but I always tell teachers whenever I have the chance so I'll say it again now is go as slow as you need to yeah. and you know it's better to you know be effective with what you're doing than to just try to get it all in yeah um, and then you get overwhelmed and you' br- I've seen plenty of teachers. Oh, this isn't working. And then they quit all of it because they tried to do all of it at once and it, it doesn't seem like it's working. The other thing I want to say is that it, this does take time, especially for your beloved rascals. It will reform them, but it takes time. My longest one took until Chris' uh, winter break. Okay. And then when he came back in January, for some reason, that's when he was refor- like, you know, completely different kid. Um, and that's the longest it's ever took me with whole brain teaching. But some might even take longer, mm-hmm. you
0: know, but you got to just it's consistency is key.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: This podcast has been full of amazing information and we were going to end it with you telling an impact story of scoreboard, but I think you kind of touched a little bit upon it. If this little rascal took until December, would you like to add anything else as an impact of scoreboard other than that little guy taking half of a year to buy in?
2: Scoreboard is just, um, it's one of those, you know, with the basic super improver and scoreboard, you will reform your classroom. And if you are thinking like, not this class, not this class, just think about the story I told at the beginning of the year, because that was a class that if any class, I mean, that's a class that, I mean, you know, really, really helped mold and shape me as a teacher. And I just, there were so many factors that went into that year that would never happen again altogether. Um, I, I mentioned that I had a new administrator, but I didn't, I forgot to mention that he was unsupportive Mm. um, also. So I really was just left alone with these, you know, kids and, and there was a lot of violence going on and they were completely, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now, completely. (laughs) I I remember their names. I remember their faces. I remember these experiences and um, completely transformed with consistency with um, you know, tools and games like the scoreboard. If we didn't play the scoreboard, they're asking, like Laura said, they're like, wait, we have to count this up. Wait, you know, do we get a point for this? Cause I noticed so-and-so um, right. you know, it's, it's just a game changer. And it's one of those things that definitely put into your practice as soon as you're ready.
1: Yeah, this has been a great podcast. I just, I always feel like re- rejuvenated, I guess. And I know I'm at the end of my school year, but it, it gets me excited even for, you know, the school year to come and just remembering some of those things that you've talked about. So this has really been uh, just a great podcast today. How can people get in touch with you, Heidi, if they have additional questions about the scoreboard or really anything as far as whole brain teaching?
2: Yeah. So I am here to help you all through your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I share my journey very openly about um, whole brain teaching at uh, my Instagram, which is whole brain with Heidi. Um, And even last year, I did some videos purposely in the beginning of the year to show how perfect it is not. Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, I think a lot of what I was putting out there was, you know, the approved videos from coach that, I mean, show what your class can be. And I think that's very important to do. Yeah. So like what this can do for your classroom. But I think that a lot of teachers thought that automatically happened. So it's very intentional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. I was very <laughs> intentional about putting out videos of how I get my class there, and what that training process looks like. So that's at Whole Brain with Heidi. And then um, you can always email me too at Heidi Martin at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, if you have any specific questions or things that I could help you with.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Well, as, as we mentioned on every podcast, um, be sure to check out our Facebook pages. And like Heidi said, um, our Instagram pages for all the latest on whole brain teaching. We are thankful to all of you for joining us today. And we thank you, Heidi, for sharing with us. It's been a great talk today. Yes.
2: Thank you. It's nice to t- chat with you ladies. <laughs> Finally, it's thank been you. a while. Yeah,
0: I know.
1: Um, we also wanted to make everybody aware that there is going to be a three day virtual whole brain teaching conference sometime this summer. We don't have any specific dates yet, but as both Rhonda and Heidi have said, um, check out, follow our Facebook and Instagram pages so that you can be ready for to sign up for that whenever we find out what the dates are. And as always, please consider um, following, sharing this podcast with all your educator friends, including administrators, um, et cetera. And we look forward to releasing another podcast soon, discussing more of this growing movement of whole brain teaching. And until then, thank you for joining us today.